it's time for the September 2nd, 2022 edition of Weekly Signals Weekly Review, a personal recollection of the last 168 hours of history, broadcasting on World Coconut Day from the University of California at Irvine in the backyard of KUCI 88.9 FM. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Caspar. And as always... A strange and bewitching fairy tale character for adults only, Mahler, the fake news dog. Yeah! Woo! So, oh! Let's, yeah. Sorry, Mahler. Wow, let, let your, yeah, yeah, let your freak flag fly there, uh, Mahler. By the way, was it last week National Dog Day? And here we are, National Coconut Day. Yeah, Is there it's any crazy. Con- yeah, it's crazy. How yeah. did we get here? Yeah, it's just amazing. You know, it, to yeah. me, yeah. I regard National Coconut Day as a step above Christmas as far as my oh, holidays yeah, goes. Yeah, 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 I know. You're a big coconut yeah, yeah. guy. I put out my coconut tree. Yeah, you do. And yeah. had my uh, nativity coconut. And then, and then that little coconut dance that you do around the coconut tree uh-huh. is, is really, it's, it's, a, it's a YouTube sensation is what it is. Today, we'll be talking about getting off coal. Foul play, fat trucks, tragically ugly illustrations, emotional and social maturity. Is it maturity or maturity? Oh, my God. Because, you know, it's, it's spelled with just a T-U. I have, it should be maturity. I've always said maturity. I did, too. But it's not a C-H, though. You may be English right. is a funny language. It huh? is. It's hilarious. We'll be talking about other stuff, too. But first, got to get something off my chest. Please do. This isn't the... I didn't plan this one at all okay but i wake up this morning yeah i get my emails uh-huh. and the new york times is telling me that the state of california right after they tell everybody that they're going to have electric cars by 2035 mm-hmm. now there's nothing but new electric cars mm-hmm. the state of california tells everybody that they can't plug in their electric cars over the weekend because of the heat that's what the headline said in my little newsletter from the New York Times. That's the impression that oh, it gave. Oh, don't get me started. So, so I clicked on that and I thought, you know, and I shouldn't have clicked because that's what they wanted yeah, to do. Yeah, clickbait. Yeah. What's really happening? In case we have any Fox News listeners out there that are yeah. tuning in and yeah. are yeah. enraged about we may be California. Some, we may be some kind of assignment for them to listen to. Yeah. As to what not to say and yeah. what not to do. Well, the New York Times is printing. You know the where the. Uh, the Fox News response, you know, the right-wing response to California run by Democrats and they're now crazy. they have all electric cars yeah. and now they're yeah. not even letting people plug in. Yeah. No. no. No, and I'm upset at the New York Times because they're perpetrating this bullshit. Yeah, they do pass it along. Yeah. They? There's no reason even to print what anybody on the right said about this right. because the fact of it is what happened is somebody restated a policy for the last several years here in California. You try not to use any electricity between 4 p.m. and 9 p.m. You cut down as low as you can. Those are called flex hours. They even charge you more if you're on certain plans. So, meanwhile, all these people are thinking California has such stupid policies. Right. When, in fact, this has been in place for years, and it's a suggestion. 
It's not enforced. Right. It's if you want to be a good citizen. Right. And you want to help out with the electricity. And there's a reason yeah. beyond that. And that is if everyone pretends like it's there's not a heat wave going on and the electricity uh, generation is under a lot of stress and strain, you're running the risk of taking electricity away from perhaps hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people, by jeopardizing the grid, yeah. by, over, by overtaxing it. Yeah. And all they're asking you to do is plug it in at another time if you can. Right. If you can. Yeah. That's yeah. it. What if we... Uh, 4 to 9 p.m., plug your, everything in at a later time. Don't... You know, if you're thinking about turning all the lights on in your house, yeah. don't. Don't. That's all. Yeah. You know, I, I just wonder about this mentality. This goes a little bit to the the thing about vaccines during COVID and, and giving up the, you know, wearing a mask during COVID. What sort of mentality are these people promoting on the right? That, that no matter what, they decide the common good for all of us. And I just wonder, if, would this have worked in World War II? Let's just say we were in the middle no, of... No, no, they've been convinced... I know, government, I know, but since Reagan's time, the yeah. government is bad, and yeah. anybody think, who works for the government is trying to get them. But, but and this then, idea of a common, a common purpose, commonwealth, commonwealth, common good, yeah, is is somehow an anathema to their personal freedom to fire up the, uh, the pickup truck and spew coal all over somebody else's car is a. The thing that empowers you to personal freedom, I yeah. you know. Well, uh, and it doesn't help. There are always going to be yeah, no, idiots. ignorant people like that. But it doesn't help that the New York Times right. is empowering You're right. them. You're right. But now to more important things. Okay. Yeah. Do you think there should be an ambassador for wildlife? You know, like Smokey the Bear was kind of one. Yeah. You know? Rocket J Squirrel. Depends on the context we're, we're actually talking about. If it is some kind of an advocate for wildlife uh-huh. in a criminal, not a criminal, in a court person, <laughs> criminal. Sorry. Ambassador. A, an ambassador. Someone who speaks not, on behalf of the people. He won't who, speak. He'll people. just look cute yeah. or whatever, okay. you know? I, I, I guess. Or you'll get to know oh. this, this particular uh, monkey. What if it's a monkey? Yeah, okay. Or a dog? I don't think a fish would work. No. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. think it would. Although there's been some very, how, Nemo was a cute How about fish. spiders? Spiders. Uh, Charlotte's Web, that kind of spider? We could. We, <laughs> what kind of spider was Charlotte's Web? I don't know. A very affable one that we could relate to. There's a brown recluse. Okay. They don't tell you that. <laughs> okay. What, well, one it bite paralyzed will... Charlotte. <laughs> That's yeah. what happened. Yeah. All right. From Smithsonian yes. Magazine. In a paper published last week in the journal Current Biology, Researchers found that news articles about spider bites are often false. Yep, fake news about spider bites. They're probably published in the New York Times. They analyze, well, really what happened, if you want to know. They usually start locally, and then a major paper gets a hold of it. Yeah. Because, you know, Jimmy stuck his head in a jar and got bit by a <laughs> black widow. And then they turn it in, you know, they interview Jimmy and his family, and... He turns out to have gone to Harvard University, but was dropped out because, you know, he he wore spandex. I don't know. (laughs) Well, I'll give you a personal example. My uncle had a snake. Please don't. Please. I'm going to. Very quickly. It'll only take 30 seconds, if that. Well, I'm timing this. All right. So my uncle had an aquarium in in his garage, and he had a snake in there. And he used Uh to feed it mice. Right? Uh Uh-huh. 
So I stuck my hand in the, the cage or in the aquarium while the mouse was in there about to be consumed by the snake. The uh -huh. snake bit me. So uh -huh. should there have been a story about snake bites breaking out all over Tahunga, some yeah. like Tahunga, uh -huh. because I did something stupid? Well, you doing something stupid is pretty normal. Well, that wouldn't so, have been a headline, yeah. but the, it could have said man, young man yeah. in Tahunga, and that would have been a whole other context. That, that's true. Yeah. Uh, these uh, researchers yeah. analyzed over 5,300 news stories from around the world and found that 43% contained sensationalized language, yeah. while 47% contained factual errors. The vast majority of spider content mm -hmm. out there is mm -hmm. about them being scary and hurting people, one of the paper's authors said. But spiders almost never bite. While there are around uh, 50,000 known spider species, very few are dangerous to humans. Instead, many play an important ecological role by preying on household and agricultural pests. Yes. If there was less misinformation about spiders, people might stop killing them with pesticides. Pesticides that hurt us. Mm -hmm. Spiders are kind of unique in that way in that they seem to be really good at capturing people's attentions said one researcher. If that attention is paired with real information about how fascinating they are, rather than sensationalistic misinformation, then I think spiders are well-suited to serve as tiny ambassadors Amen. for wildlife. Amen. So we got to vote for uh, spiders. Spiders. Amen. For yeah. ambassadors. This, you know, the same thing happens with sharks, right? I don't want a shark to be a, an ambassador no, for wildlife. No, we don't want a shark though. to be an ambassador, but the stories, Right. About shooters. yeah, yeah, you know, they're kind of scary. Well, they are scary, and yeah. they can eat you. Yeah. yeah, spiders can't eat you, but they yeah theoretically. And and it's not like we walk into KUCI and there's a spider on the CD shelf or a right. shark right. on the speed CD shelf. Yeah. There might be a spider. There very well could yeah. be. Yeah. If there was a shark in here, yeah, that would be a whole. That would another, be a story. That would be another. That, I would sensationalize that story. Yeah, I would call the New York Times. Yeah, I would. Yeah. I would do that too. <clears throat> what about dogs? You think uh, you think dogs? Yeah, ambassador <clears throat> for wildlife. <clears throat> well, it all depends on the dog. Doesn't it? it all depends on the life. I don't think his life is that wild. <laughs> and he likes to make you think that he's a wild dog. But how do you feel about wind turbines? About what? Wind turbines. Well, you know they cause yeah. cancer. <clears throat> you know they cause <clears throat> cancer. These because... things that make all that noise. Yeah, they do. And they cause cancer, like you but, say. Well, they have designed, and I hope I'm not stepping on your story, but they've designed wind turbines that you don't have to worry about fl birds flying into them anymore. They've designed yeah. some very effective, efficient turbines. Well, they still fly into them occasionally, but yeah, but you're right. They're they're trying to they've, they've design come up with them so the birds are, what is it? What have they used? Is it, uh, <clears throat> it looks more, the wind goes? Yeah, or? it's almost like, a, you know those things they used to put on roofs that would spin? Those little oh don't, it's don't kind like of, yeah yeah they, they've come they up still with... do that Mike but just not in your high class Newport <laughs> Beach area people like to get the the heat out of their yeah, attic and yeah. it's a very efficient way to do it without the powering heat, it their heat and using here, electricity right. right yeah okay go ahead the heat rises yeah. the little turbine spins yeah. with <laughs> natural energy and it pulls the rest of the heat out of your attic which is very cool. But jackasses who live in Newport Beach think no, they look ugly on their fine tile roofs. We have people up there. Screw them. We have people up there with fans. They 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 just fan it. Yeah. 
From Science Times, the blades of a wind turbine are typically designed to be replaced about every 20 years. This means that as wind energy becomes more popular, more and more of these huge fiberglass whirligigs will be discarded. Mm -hmm. To encourage recycling the blades, one research team has developed a binding resin, the ingredient that holds their fibrous material together that can be recycled back into another turbine blade. Amen. Yeah. Or downcycled into a complete composite material that can be used to make plastic products. Like cars. Whatever. It can also be processed to produce more valuable chemicals. These upcycled options include the shatter-resistant acrylic plexiglass, a super-absorbent polymer used in diapers, Mm -hmm. that's something else, and a food preservative, potassium lactate. Mm -hmm. The researchers used this lactate from the wind turbine, resin, to make gummy bears that they ate. Oh, my God. So you could make gummy bears. Eventually, you could eat part of the remains of a wind turbine, Mark. Yeah. You have a little pack of wind turbines. Yeah. That's what they could call them. Yeah. They can make gummy bears in the shape of wind turbines. There you go. Yeah. So I'm falling asleep consuming wind turbines. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, Recycled yeah. wind turbines. Yeah. yeah. By the way, this is part of something that California, what you're describing is in the same vein as what California's been doing now through laws, and that is products and manufacturers, let me say that again, manufacturers of products are responsible for the entire life cycle of their products. So they are going to pay a little bit more in terms of the taxation or whatever you want to call fee in order to be able to clean up the mess that their products are making. Yeah. And this is in that same idea. is The manufacturer is responsible for the entire life cycle of the product. If this news makes you want a bucket of gummy bears, may I recommend a donation to KUCI instead? Just go to KUCI.org. Your generous donation is how we stay on air. Commercial-free, free-form, free-speech radio, KUCI 88.9 FM. From Yahoo News. It's time for Weekly Signal's Weekly Review Solar Panel Aqueduct Update. Yeah. Well, that's a big one. California is about to launch an experiment to cover aqueducts with solar panels. A plan that, if scaled up, might save billions of gallons of otherwise evaporated water while powering millions millions of homes. This is a great idea. Yeah, we talked about this earlier, but yeah. it's starting to come to fruition. Yeah. Project Nexus in the Turlock Irrigation District launches in mid-October amid western North America's worst drought in 1,200 years. Yeah. And, of course, the climate change that's exacerbating that drought. Right. The $20 million project funded by the state is due to break ground in two locations. One is a 500-foot span along a curved portion of the canal in the town of Hickman, about 100 miles inland from San Francisco. The other is a mile-long straightaway in nearby Ceres, based on a similar project on, in the West Indian state of Gujarat. The project is the first of its kind in the United States. Very good. If they did this with the California Aqueduct, yeah. That would be huge. And if the community That's what they're thinking. You know, they, they're, they're giving a little test run here. Right, right. Uh, and if uh, the communities along the way were pulling some of that power off of yeah. that, 
That'd be fantastic. I think that's the plan, is to gradually, if this works for Hickman, yeah. then you just go down the aqueduct and you see where they need power. Right. And that's where you placed your and, uh, panels. And by the way, why isn't, why aren't big parking lots essentially term, term, being turned into solar panel farms? Essentially? Well, they should be, I guess yeah. is another way to You could just turn yeah. them into it. Yeah. Why essentially turn them into it? Yeah, you're right. And a lot of places do. Yeah, well, I see I more of great. it, especially it costs at money, Mike. That's Publish. what. Well, if we're going to spend, you know, whatever the the Build Back Better bill is, or the yeah. Inflation Reduction I'm sure Act, there is, are probably funds. There will, will help be with such yeah, because it's a great, it's it's un, it's usable space for two purposes: generating power and for parking cars. From the New Republic, rural electric cooperatives. A living legacy of the New Deal's efforts to bring power to the 90% of rural communities that still lacked it in the 1930s. Rural electric cooperatives will soon be able to take advantage of a new $9.7 billion program included in the Inflation Reduction Act that will help them finance a clean energy transition from coal. Oh, there you go. Uh, this will help them escape onerous debts that have kept many co-ops from getting off of coal. They're in financial troubles, and they have to keep doing the same thing because they can't afford to retool. Mm -hmm. Their newfound access to renewable energy tax credits, also furnished by the Inflation Reduction Act, could be a game changer, bringing more renewables to the 42 million who get their electricity from power providers they own. Mm -hmm. So there you go. Yeah. Something good about the Inflation Reduction Act. And there's a lot of good news about it. Yeah, well, just what, what, real quick, one of the good things about all this is it feels like this bill, if properly implemented, is a catalyst for a lot of other things to happen, as you just described, huh. even more so than that. And I, I suspect a lot of people have been waiting for this for a while. Yeah. And they'll jump on it. From reasons to be cheerful. Yeah. This is Brian Eno's little newsletter. Okay. But it's good stuff. Okay. In spite of Brian Eno. The U.S. climate bill is helping landowners access the carbon market where eco-conscious companies reward family forest owners for managing their land sustainably. In the U.S., the largest portion of forest land, 39%, is family-owned. So there has been a long promise in connecting small-scale landowners with carbon markets. These efforts are now set for a major boost under the recently passed climate legislation, which provides $450 million to push private landowners toward forest management practices with climate benefits. The bill includes a particular focus on underserved communities and family forest owners. You know, you own some property out in the boondocks there. Mm -hmm. You got a lot of trees. Mm -hmm. They don't want you to cut them down. For small landowners, these new programs seek to help tip the scales on the value of forests, making standing trees more valuable than harvested timber, and in turn, guiding new management practices. The majority of landowners don't actually say their number one interest is in timber, but the majority do end up timbering the land. Mm -hmm. Now, owners of small forests can get paid to let them stand. Yeah. And this is part of another component that will be very helpful in mitigating climate damage. Yeah. And that is soil. Healthy soil is an incredibly important carbon sink uh -huh. 
And it, the better we are with soil, the more likely we will be to survive. Yeah. From CNN, CNN. The water crisis in Jackson, Mississippi, the state's capital, has gotten so bad, the city temporarily ran out of bottled water to give to residents. And that holds true today. Just this morning, they're in the same predicament there. They're in a bad way. Recent torrential rain and flooding that knocked out a water plant coupled with years of water system issues, in other words, they screwed up, have resulted. And it's primarily a black area. It is. And they're getting screwed. And it's and it's and this goes to the question of how we've been, how badly have we been neglecting yeah. our infrastructure for decades? Yeah. All that has resulted in a crisis in Jackson where the city doesn't have enough water to fight fires, flush toilets, or even hand out to residents in need. Jackson's main water treatment facility began failing Monday. The National Guard was called up to help distribute bottled water as crews worked to get the water treatment back online on Tuesday. Residents of all ages were seen waiting in lines more than a mile long at Hawkins Field Airport for at least two hours Tuesday for just one case of bottled water. The event was supposed to span three hours, but barely ran two as people were eventually turned away when the 700 cases of water ran out. This feels a little bit like Flint, Michigan, from a few years ago. And it feels like a little bit like a future California. Yeah, yeah. For different reasons. We just may run out of water. Yeah. Again, but they had plenty of water, but they didn't have a system to deliver it. Well, the water level from the flood went over the top of the treatment plant. Yeah. And they couldn't. There was the law of physics kicks in at some point and there was there was no way to get the clean water out of it. That's that's just the scientific fact of it. But the fact that they're still waiting for delivery of of a known quantity of which is bottled water is very troubling. Yeah. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. Visit us on the web at KUCI.org, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash KUCI 88.9, on our Tumblr blog at KUCIRadio.tumblr.com, and on Twitter and Instagram at KUCIFM. From The Guardian. From the Guardian. Yeah. From the Guardian. Mm -hmm. A senior Russian oil executive died after falling from the window of a Moscow hospital. Yeah. Well, this is only months after his company criticized the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Well, I've heard those hospital floors can be very slippery. I know. Yeah. You're going in there for a little bit of treatment. Yeah. All of a sudden. You go out in your balcony and whoop. Yeah. You're gone. You're gone. Ravel Maganov, the chair of the board of directors of Lukoil, Russia's largest private oil company, fell from a window at Central Clinical Hospital and died from injuries sustained, said the papers in Russia. It was not immediately clear whether his death was an accident, a suicide, (laughs) or caused by foul play. Yeah. Russian state Media agencies citing an unnamed source reported that Maganov had been admitted to the hospital with a heart condition and had been on antidepressants. How convenient. Well, yeah. Uh, I, who knows? Maybe that happened. It's I'm, possible. 
you wonder why he was taking the antidepressants. The way they dropped that in is it's as if yeah, yeah he was he was suicidal or something, and they had to keep him from from being depressed when in fact it might just been to calm his body down so his heart yeah. would be in better condition. Baza, a Russian news site with close ties to the police, suggested he may have slipped from a balcony while smoking and that no closed-circuit television was available because cameras had been turned off for repairs. <laughs> it's also convenient, huh? <laughs> Maganoff's death has attracted scrutiny because Luke Oil was rare among Russian energy companies in criticizing the invasion of Ukraine. Yeah. Publicly calling for a ceasefire just one week after Vladimir Putin announced the beginning of Moscow's special military operation. Maganov was a prominent, prominent member of the Russian business elite. He was a close associate of one of Luke Oil's founders and had worked at Luke Oil since 1993, overseeing refining, refining and exploration divisions before being named chair of its board of directors in 2020. Yeah, <sighs> and coupling this with the daughter of the Russian um, oligarch who was blown up in her car signals something is going on. Yeah, in, think? Yeah. Something. It's not the first suspicious death at Luke Oil. In May of this year, a former top manager of Luke Oil was found dead in the basement of a residence in a Moscow suburb. Russian news reports said the house belonged to a self-styled shaman. Huh. Yeah. Okay. What other kind of shaman is there? Self-styled. I mean, they're usually self-styled, <laughs> they are. are they? I mean, you don't get a certificate in shamanism, <laughs> I don't think. Anyway, he was practicing purification rites. Yeah, you know what it was is we have friends that have done this. You know, you're getting desperate. You're, you're sick. Yeah. You, know, you might die. You're trying everything. Yeah. And he went to some kind of new agey place. Yeah. Didn't, didn't Tim do a sweat lodge? Yeah, our friend Tim Carpenter. Yeah, did a sweat lodge uh, thing. Bless his soul. Yeah. I went to all sorts of good places. Yeah. He went to a, a Indian sweat yeah. uh, hut, whatever they call that. Yeah, yeah sweat lodge. Yeah. What is it called? I thought it was called a sweat lodge or something. Sweat lodge, yeah. yeah. Something like and that. then he went. He was just doing everything. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with sweating. No. Investigators said the preliminary uh, cause of death was determined to be heart failure of this guy that... Yeah. Uh, so everybody's heart apparently is given out in, in uh, Russia. A lot of heart-related things going on there. Yeah, falling out of buildings. So you get your heart problem. Yeah, you go to somewhere to get it uh, fixed, and something and will happen. You know, yeah, yeah, you're dead. Yeah, and it's not from the heart either. You know, that's the weird thing. How that happen? I don't know. From Slate Magazine. On August 16th, President Biden signed the Inflation Reduction Act that includes an effort to convince more Americans to purchase electric vehicles. Well, the new law offers $7,500 off many new electric or plug-in hybrids or trucks. A day later, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration announced that American road deaths soared once again in the first quarter of 2022, rising 7% to 9,560 fatalities, the highest quarterly toll since 2002. That's not good. If the U.S. auto industry maintains its current habits, the transition to electric cars could further worsen the highway death count. 
Unlike virtually all other developed countries where auto fatalities declined during the last decade, the U.S. has seen an increase of over 30 percent. Part of that is because we drive a lot. But there's another critical reason for the surge. Tall, heavy pickup trucks and SUVs. Yeah, if they get into an accident, that's a lot of mass in motion. Yeah, the weight of these hogs endangers other road users in a crash, and their height leads them to strike a person's torso instead of their legs. Yeah. Seeing these, it it really upsets me seeing these things. Yeah. You walk by a truck, and, and the hood is over your head. Yeah, I know. And oh, this is some guy replacing his diminished yeah. dick. Uh huh. I know. It's has not. You know, they're polished. They you know, there's. They don't go off road. They're not hauling anything. No. They just want to look like they are uber masculine. Well, speaking of heights, they get the big fat tires, and literally their bumper is right at the top of where my trunk is. Yeah. If I'm if I'm looking in the rearview mirror, the trunk and the the top of the truck is and the bumper are like lined up. Yeah. And it, the yeah. top of the truck and the bumper. I'm are sorry, lined the up? To- top of the bumper and my the top of my truck trunk, sorry, are literally. If yeah. he hits me, he's going over the top yeah. of that. One recent study found that the shift to SUVs over the last 20 years led to more than 1,000 additional pedestrian fatalities. Electrified versions of SUVs and trucks can be even more dangerous. Large vehicles require massive batteries, which add tonnage. The Ford F-150 Lightning, for example, weighs about 6,500 pounds, Mm -hmm. which is about a third more than its gas-powered model. You know, it's like 2,000 pounds more. Yeah. The Hummer EV is even more gigantic at over 9,000 pounds with a battery that alone is heavier than an entire Honda Civic. Right. This additional weight creates force during crash, increasing the danger to pedestrians, cyclists, and occupants of smaller cars. The heft of electric vehicles is not their only safety risk. Even with heavy batteries, these vehicles' powertrains allow them to accelerate unusually fast. The Tesla Model X Plaid can reach 60 miles per hour in two and a half seconds. Cars companies are touting this acceleration rate as a selling point, which is ominous. We should raise the safety bar higher and demand that car makers capitalize on the switch to EVs to develop safer designs, not more dangerous ones. One obvious move is to add pedestrian crash worthiness to federal car crash ratings. It's called the New Car Assessment Program. Good idea. To estimate crash risk to those outside the vehicle. You all see crash test dummies inside the vehicle. Right. You're never getting anything about it hitting another car or a pedestrian. Right. Europe, Australia, and Japan took these steps years ago. The United States is a laggard. So far, neither Congress nor the National Highway Safety Traffic Safety Administration has signaled a desire to ensure that car electrification leads to vehicles that are safer as well as greener. Yep. Mahler, you got anything? Yeah. It's just sad, isn't it, Mahler? It's sad. Just the, the behavior of a truck. Not everybody who owns a pickup truck is an idiot or some kind of... No, I mean, Manevolent. there's a lot of great people that need it, and they yeah. use it, and they put it... I mean, some of my best friends have huge trucks, yeah. and they use it for a... a, a that's their job. Yeah. 
they're, they're contractors or they're plumbers or electricians or God knows what else they do out there. They're grinding up patio concrete yeah. and hauling it away. Yeah. There was, you remember the bl spewing of black smoke? Remember that? The spewing of black smoke. From pickup trucks. When the, you mean the Pope? No, <laughs> the Pope. Yeah, the Pope. When they choose a Pope, don't they shoot black smoke? I think smoke? it's white smoke, actually. Well, it's black when they don't know who it is. Okay. Or maybe they're just smoking well, in there. Maybe they are. No, there was back in the, it says 2019, there were, there were it was... Trucks. And trucks were going smoke. up to, to... What's that have to do with electric? Well, just unsafe. behavior. I'm talking about behavior. Just irresponsible, belligerent... Narcissistic you like behavior. to go that way, don't you? Yeah, I do. I talk about anything. You're always thinking about how how you've been affected negatively. No, I, by I, I, no one spewed any black smoke on me. Okay. But I saw it in TV. They used to do it just to annoy you. They called it Prius repellents. Really? Oh, and yeah, yeah that's yeah, 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 yeah. And they used to drive around charging stations and just park in the charging station slots yeah. and spew out black smoke. They and they came up with a term for it. Black smoke matters. Isn't that fun? Aren't they funny and clever? Was this recently? Oh, this is back in 2019. They were running around because Black Lives Matters was a thing. No. Not a thing. It was a movement. I'm sorry. Came out weird. Well, you can't do anything about the ignorance of people except to try and educate them. Yeah. From the Guardian. From the Guardian? Billions of dollars what? in dark money is influencing U.S. politics. We know that. We yeah. talked about it last week in our report on the revelation of Barsade's $1.6 billion gift to help facilitate Leonard Leo's subversion of the U.S. justice system. Mm -hmm. Yep. There is a way to prevent this, though. Yes, there the is. The Disclose Act, hmm. sponsored by the Democratic Senator Sheldon Whitehouse, one of our favorites here at Weekly like Signals. yeah would force dark money groups to disclose any of their donors who give more than $10,000, require shell companies spending money on elections to disclose their owners, and mandate that election ads list their sponsors' major contributors. These requirements would extend not only to election-related activity, but also to campaigns to influence governmental decisions, including judicial nominations. Mm. I think that's most excellent. That is, and that's most important, too, yeah. by the way. This is the thing that really needs to happen. Yeah. You know, you get Biden up there talking about semi-fascism. Well, do this. Yeah. Around the country, a lot of the Supreme Court justices to, in states are elected. Yeah. And what Koch brothers and many other of these kind of right-wing dark under the under the radar groups have done is bought a lot of Supreme Court justices around the country. Yeah. In their different states. A separate White House bill would additionally require donor disclosure from shadowy groups lobbying the Supreme Court through amicus briefs designed to tilt judicial rulings without letting the public know which billionaire or CEO's thumb is on the scale. Yeah. And another pending legislation would finally allow the Securities and Exchange Commission to require major corporations to more fully disclose their political spending. Journalists should be proudly advocating for these laws. Yes. Journalists. On the newspaper, right. they should do it because they allow them to tell the public what its government is doing. Yeah. We should be knowing this stuff. And that's why that uh, story on uh, Leonard Leo was so important. Yeah. Our news industry has done that before in defending open records laws, and they should do it now in advocating for new campaign finance disclosure rules. Yeah. Kudos to ProPublica. Yeah. 
they do an awesome job of this uncovering this kind of stuff. Yeah, they do. Yeah, mother. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. He what? No, you there's no way you could be a Supreme Court justice. Huh. <laughs> you got him upset. Yeah, well, you got him going, well I mean that's just outrageous. I think he could be one, a pretty good one. He could at least, you know, compete with uh, Amy Coney Barrett. Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh? Kavanaugh, yeah. They'd be a good pair, actually, Waller and Kavanaugh. Well, he likes beer, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. From our good friend Michael Hiltzik at Los Angeles Times, California's Proposition 27 campaign. You see this thing? Proposition 27. Every time I go on YouTube, I can't watch a goddamn video without getting this BS that this campaign is putting out. It aims to vastly expand gambling in the state by masquerading chiefly as a solution to homelessness. And it's a font of misinformation and yes, lies. Yes, it is. It is. It makes me sick. Proposition 27. Yes. Is designed to open California's uh, uh, to online sports betting, a highly addictive form of gambling. By the way, That's both, what it is. both 26 and 27, I am voting no on both of them. Yeah, that's what I advise anyone to do, you yeah, know, yeah, in my yeah. opinion. But the one, if any of either of them win, yeah. the one with the highest vote gets in. Oh, is the that other, right? Yeah, that's oh, how it works. Wow. Yeah. And by the way, the, yeah, highest all vote this, total. By the way, wasn't the lottery going to fix our schools, right? This, we've, we've heard this argument yeah. before. Oh, they're gonna they're gonna solve homelessness with all the money that they pour into the, blah blah blah. Yeah, you have to allow a vice to happen to have anything good to happen. Yeah, that's which doesn't make thing. sense. The other thing, we want more gambling availability for more gambling. What drives me crazy? I don't I don't mind the gambling if they do it in the woods somewhere. In that's fine with me. Out, but yeah. if you can just turn on your phone, yeah. and and drop a hundred dollars on the Dodgers, which right. is what it's about. Yeah. We're all going to be little Pete Roses. Exactly, right. It's it's just it's a bad it's a bad idea. Yeah. Although the state legislative analyst office estimates that it could produce as much as 500 million dollars a year. Could. That sum isn't guaranteed. No. The measure would sequester most of it in a fund for homelessness projects and for gambling addiction programs, addressing problems of its own making. How Some, many people are homeless because they were exactly, addicted? Exactly, 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 because they dropped it all on some gambling scam. The public faced, you know, gambling is such a dopey way to put your money yeah. anyway, but if people want to do it, I don't have a problem with it. Just, yeah, do it. Somewhere where it's not so available to anyone. It should be a little more effort. Yeah. Should have to go to an off-track betting facility or a casino. Yeah. I don't want it That's on what my 26 phone. is about. Yeah. The public face of the Proposition 27 campaign is a group of Indian tribes that have been largely shut out of the billions in riches collected at major Indian casinos owned by tribes located close to large metropolitan areas or on well-traveled freeway corridors. Well, let's see if we can fix that. Yeah. Its promoters, however, are actually seven gambling firms. DraftKings, FanDuel, BetMGM, Fanatics, WSI, Bali's Interactive, and Penn Interactive that have put up $150 million so far to fund their ad campaign. $150 million for the ad campaign, and they maybe will get $500 million in revenue. Well, they know. Yeah. They know. They'll make a lot more money. I've heard that they'll eventually... Spend close to two hundred and fifty million. Yeah. This is all. Well, they must. They're spending a lot. Yeah. 
The tribes featured front and center in the Prop 27 ads haven't even contributed a dime. To the big gambling companies, Proposition 27 is preferable to Proposition 26, the competing measure sponsored by tribes with casinos. That initiative would legalize sports betting but restrict it to in-person betting at tribal casinos and four racetracks. Unlike Prop 27, this alternative measure's revenues would largely be available to address any state priorities. Rather, you know, that's why they're pumping up this homelessness thing. Right. They're, it's really cynical. It is. It's just it completely is. cynical. It is. From Scientific American, the James Webb Space Telescope captured the first unambiguous evidence of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere of a planet outside the solar system. There you go. That's a deal. Yeah. The exoplanet WASP-39b. WASP? Yeah, W-A-S-P. I assume yeah, they say yeah. WASP. Okay. That's what I would do. Yeah. I kind of like it. Yeah, me too. Wide Anglo-Saxon Protestant 39B. <laughs> uh, has strong carbon dioxide signal suggests that it is enriched with elements heavier than hydrogen and helium, which typically make up stars. Wide Anglo-Saxon Protestant 39B is 700 light years from Earth. That's right around the corner. Yeah. What the hell? Oof. And it's moss... Piglet update time. <laughs> From Wired magazine, a crashed Israeli lunar lander spilled moss piglets, water bears. Water bears, okay. Or tardigrades, as we call them, on the moon. <laughs> there are tardigrades on the moon. They're often called moss piglets or water bears. They're a phylum of eight-legged segmented micro-animals. They are among the most resilient animals known with individual species able to survive extreme conditions like extreme temperatures, air deprivation, radiation, high dehydration, and starvation. Yeah. Uh, tardigrades have survived exposure to outer space, even. Space Ills, that's the company that put this rocket together that crashed on the moon. Space Ill's bare sheet lunar lander carried thousands of books, DNA samples, and a few thousand moss piglets to the moon yeah. on a CD. Yeah. They didn't have a paper library going up right, there. Right. Bear sheet was the first privately funded lunar lander to attempt a touchdown. It ended with a crash. However, Space Ill is confident that the library a roughly DVD-sized object made of thin sheets of nickel, survived the crash mostly and entirely intact. The decision to include DNA samples and tardigrades in the lunar library may have been the key to its survival. Mm -hmm. A few weeks after completion, Space Ill concluded, included. Space Ill included some DNA in the payload, including hair follicles, human hair follicles, and blood samples that represented a diverse genetic cross-section of human ancestry. And they also put in some uh, religious site stuff, hmm. like Bodhi tree okay. grains or yeah. whatever, in addition to a few thousand extra dehydrated tardigrades. Because yeah. you always want to sprinkle some dehydrated <laughs> tardigrades. I always think it spice up the chili, you know? <laughs> With extra, with extra tardigrade. Yeah, that'll be the, that that'll little be a little container sweet, of little tardigrades. Tardigrades, yeah. I like mine yeah. finely ground. I like mine extra spicy. In fact, you can get that new that twist kind of pepper yeah. thing, you yeah. know, where yeah. you can just yeah. grind them up, grind up your tardigrades. By the way, tardigrades are cute too. They are. They're, they're, I think they're, they're kind of cute. Uh, if, if you were to, if you ever were to up armor uh, a little ant, 
and call yeah. them cute. Yeah, they they look like they look like little armored vehicles. And you know the interesting thing about those tardigrades, uh, they could hypothetically be revived in the future. All we need to do is hydrate those yeah, little yeah. guys, and you know, I don't know, shoot them full of electricity. I don't know how to revive a tardigrade, but they can be. Well, it sounds like water's enough. Yeah. Like, who knows? In a couple million years, there'll be tardigrades all over the moon, creating an atmosphere for us to go and live in. From Malaysia News, Chinese authorities have punished 27 people over the publication of math textbooks that contain tragically ugly illustrations. A months-long investigation by Ministry of Education in China, working group found the books were not beautiful, mm. and some illustrations were quite ugly mm. and did not properly reflect the sunny image of China's children. Mm -hmm. The math books were published by the People's Education Press almost 10 years ago and were reportedly used in elementary schools across the country, but they went viral in May after a teacher published photos of the illustrations, including children with distorted faces, faces and bulging pants. It was kind of dickish. You know, yeah. there was kind of a penile bulge there. Mm-hmm. I was trying to give them some room, you know, yeah. but yeah. boys' pictures grabbing girls' skirts and at least one child with an apparent leg tattoo. Chinese education authorities said that the 27 individuals were found to have neglected their duties and responsibilities and were punished, including the president of the publishing house who was given formal demerits, which can affect a party's member's standing and future employment. Mm -hmm. The editor-in-chief and the head of the math department editing office were also given demerits and dismissed for their roles. Oh, I thought you were going to say, and a job at Pornhub. Pornhub. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, I wouldn't call it disturbing, but it was like, this isn't right. Yeah. At first, I wanted to give them leeway because I'm figuring China, you know, I didn't want to mm -hmm. pat them on the back for being <laughs> repressive, but yeah, it just didn't seem well, good. Okay. <laughs> and... <laughs> Finally, I mean, there was one boy that was like grabbing the breast of a girl. Another was pulling the skirt. Another with a boner. What? Yeah, I mean, you know, you couldn't. It was all kind of subtle within the. And this was what kind playing. of a book was it? A math book. A math book. Yeah. So two plus one. Yeah. Equals. I guess. Equals sexual assault. And finally, from BBC News, a Hungarian parliament. Economic watchdog group associated with Prime Minister Viktor Orban issued a report on a pink education phenomena that reportedly favors women and could, according to them, endanger the economy, lower birth rates, and disadvantage men. According to the group, women are overrepresented in Hungarian higher education. The author is warned that an increase in female graduates could make women less likely to marry and have children. Oh, my God. Prime Minister Orban has sought to boost Hungary's birth rate. In 2019, he announced that women with four children would be exempt from paying income tax for life. Yeah. This is not good. The report found that feminine traits like emotional and social maturity were favored in Hungary's education system, which meant that sexual equality would be considerably weakened. Because yeah. if you have emotional and social maturity... Yeah, you don't want yeah, that. You don't want that. No, no. And they warned that Hungary's economy could be put at risk if masculine traits were undervalued. Those masculine traits were listed as technical skills, risk-taking, and entrepreneurship. Yeah. <sighs> Jeez. 
This is nice. These people, these, and these are your Republicans yeah, right By the here. way, I was going to say, if you want an example, a living, breathing example of Viktor Orban in America, just look at Ron DeSantis. Exactly. Exactly. And I think Ron DeSantis would embrace that. Well, the uh, CPAC yeah. had their meeting in Hungary yeah. last year. Conservative Victor... uh, Political Action Committee, yeah. CPAC. And, and this year, Victor came out for like the keynote address. Yeah. Yep. The report concluded that this could even impact everyday life with young people at a loss for what to do with a frozen computer, a dripping tap, or furniture that arrived flat-packed and there is no one to put it together. You can subscribe to the Weekly Signals Weekly Review podcast at weeklysignals.com. Weeklysignals.com. Subscribe now.